I think y'all motherfuckers had a clitoris for five years. Before that, it didn't exist. <laughs> in, in the books, in anything, in the sex talks, y'all motherfuckers been having a clitoris for the, maybe 10 years. What's up, lovely human, and welcome to That's Exciting, the podcast. I'm your host, Yancy, who's apparently been having a clitoris for the past 10 years in books and sex talks, according to today's guest. <laughs> today's episode falls more under a conversation, so there'll be fewer apartés than usual. I've always been curious to know more about people's sex ed and also the sex talk, if they ever had a sex talk with their caregivers at home. And this is what we'll be exploring today. As I'm reflecting on my upbringing, my heritage, and also how overlapping factors and identities may play into account in our sex education, I was really curious to explore and learn more about men's, especially cis men's, education on sexuality growing up. Today, I sat down with Preach, who sounds like this. So dad, you did this to mom? It's like, yeah. To talk about the sex talk he had at home, the impact it had, as well as how the sex talk goes down in his man group. And double fun today because my cousin, Mike Marshall, who sounds like this. She kind of just like dramatically came in the room and just started pulling her dress and turned her gown into a penis. Also joined the conversation and shared the sex talk that he had at home, his perspective as a father, and the sex talk he had with his son. But, you know, before we jump in this episode, I would like to invite you to think about the sex talk that you had with your caregivers. How was it brought up? What do you wish you had or hadn't learned when it comes to the birds and the beast talk? You can extend this conversation on social because I would be a Aesthetic? Aesthetic? No, not aesthetic. I would be super happy. Yeah. <laughs> I would be super happy to hear from you and about your experience. So on Instagram at That's Exciting and on Twitter at That's Exciting underscore. And now let's dive right into content, please. Preach, aka King Preach the Petty on Instagram, is the half of Abba and Preach, the co-host of Le Fallop, a podcast about sexuality in French, as well as a stand-up comic, actor, and I'm sure a lot more things. Striking, hilarious, authentic, Eric Preach knows how to make you see the real things in a different light. Without further ado enjoy this week's episode awesome hey preach welcome to the podcast what's good what's good what's good yancy hey nula let's start with the icebreaker of the podcast the first question i ask all my guests is what are your sexual green flags for the new listeners, sexual green flags are indicators that you'll have pleasurable consensual and safe sex man what are my green flags eye contact is i'm a bit old school but i'm old Asking is always a good thing. Something is fine or whatever, whatnot. You know what I mean? But when you've been in a relationship for so long, then you kind of know each other for that long, you know? I don't know, man. One night stand would terrify me for that. No, 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 no lie. Just knowing a different person. Everybody got different things. Everybody's different and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think I think about what you're saying and I'm like, oh, yeah, 
how do you even oh like oh all that shit is awkward you know what i mean it could be it could be awkward really fast so yeah to paint the picture for people listening right now you grew up in a haitian household yes ma'am how would you say haitian culture influenced your sex education not being uh religion music etc well well the thing that happened is that well i was very fortunate in my family i was very fortunate to have parents that i could talk to i was eight years old about eight six seven seven eight i saw my first video of a woman giving birth that was something that was very normal with us they were very open mm-hmm. my parents were very open with, with with that they were very open to talk about it i was able to talk to my parents about different stuff the thing mm-hmm. about my other friends that were in the Haitian household, the problem that happens with that is that sometimes the, the education, the sexual education always happens with don'ts. You know what I mean? Don't do this. It, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, mes amis, souribé la conforme qui grosse, mes amis, l'éternel. <laughs> like, you know, don't, don't bring, don't bring a, a pregnant woman here or don't be pregnant. Don't be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that's from, 12 years old till when you're about 23 and at 24 they switch how come you ain't got no kids how come, how come, how come, how come you don't have a little boyfriend and you're like this what? is so true bitch hold on where's the switch up can we have like a crossfader a conversation about like what happens in between or oh, it's one or the other so mm-hmm. there's like there's no crossfader there's no uh blending in the no, no it's like don't 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 be pregnant don't bring someone that's pregnant and you better get married first to why am I not a grandfather or grandmother? Mm-hmm. So the emphasis being a lot on don't, don't do this, don't do that. Would you say there's more room for a particular gender to be more sexual? Or would you say like both it's not and it's don't do this? Or oh, there's, definitely more, there's definitely more room for men to be sexual. It's actually a thing that is, there's something that is expected in the culture. But it's like you have women are not expected to do that, but you have all these men that are sexual. I'm not good at math, but something's not adding up. In order to fuck, you need someone that wants to fuck. So you can have all these men that want to fuck, but all these women are all pure and shit. Nah, there's 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 hoes on both sides. Okay, it's just a little bit of hypocrisy that's happening, but it, it is like that. You know, there's hoes on both sides. When I'm talking about a hoe, a hoe is a gender neutral being. It's a hoe. It's okay to hoe. Hoe it up. <laughs> that's it. Do your thing. But. It's very gender neutral to me. But at the end of the day, that's that's that, that's what it is. Yeah, there is a difference with that. You can't do that. You can't do this. There's always le, le paraître. That, that's, a, that's a thing in, in the Haitian communities. You know, everything is for... The appearance. Yeah, the appearance. Which is, you know, it affects all of us, but it's like that. Did you have the sex talk at home? Yeah, definitely. Can you walk us through what the sex talk was like in your household? I was super easy. I, I went to my parents and I was like, me and my sister went to my parents like, yo, how do we make babies? My dad stumbled a bit, but he's like, you know, my dad, my dad a nurse. Before I started, I started this comedy journey. I was on, on a hold to become a nurse myself. I was waiting to do on that on that journey, but it didn't happen because comedy. So I asked my dad, uh, how do we make babies? And my fucker, like, he went, um, uh, well, um. Uh, Hold on. Went upstairs. Motherfucker was ready. And he brought down a book. It was a book with images and explanation. And he sat down and, and he broke it down. And that's that's where, that's where after that, a, a little while after that, we saw the videos with a woman giving birth. I could talk to my parents, both my parents. And then we talked to my mom about, yo, so dad, you did this to mom? He's like, yeah. Hmm, okay, player. <laughs> <laughs> after that, I had, to, and then after that, I had to talk with my mom, and was like, me and my sister, we were like, oh, okay, so, so, how was it? You know what I mean? Oh. So yeah, that's, that's why I learned that I had a big head, and. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's where I learned I had a big ass head. And even to talk about me, like, because we were really, we were, well, we were religious. My parents are still are religious. Me, mm-hmm. not so much. So even then, when I was like a teenager, right? And I put my dad aside and I was like, yo, let me ask a question. I don't, I want you to beat around the bush. Go, go straight to the point. And I was like, yo, we're Christian and I'm supposed to not have sex before marriage. And I got a girlfriend now, uh, bruh. If you tell me that you waited before marriage, uh, you, you you waited after marriage to have sex, I'm going to call you a damn liar because I don't believe one bit. Because if you feel what I feel in my body right now, uh, you didn't wait. That's for one. Two, and I know damn well I come from you, so I know what you felt. That's for one. Two, uh, I'm fucking. Three, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. Like, I will. I will do that. I knew that. What did he answer? Did he say, like, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I did. Said, he said, you know what you have to... Shit, shit, my, my, my dad, G, my dad was straightforward with me. He was like, you know what you have to understand a couple of things about the Bible is that the Bible was... It was, was the Bible was written in those times mm-hmm. for those times you have to also understand why people were not allowed to have sex before marriage there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, illnesses and there's a lot of uh uh there's a lot of things that were running around and they didn't have the technology that we have right now mm-hmm. now that being said you already know what you can do and all the things that you can do right in order to protect you or whatever mm-hmm. right you went like that and i was like yeah yeah i know what you're talking about cool we don't need to we don't need to go in that thing and beat around the bush. You already know. Yeah, I know. Cool. If something happens, you got to take your responsibilities, though. Mm-hmm. That's part of the talk. It's not just, you know, all great and dandy. There's that. There's a responsibility part. He said that. You know what to do in order not to be in a in a situation. And if it does happen, you know what to do. You own it. Take yeah, responsibilities. Own it. own it or have the talk or whatever or whatnot. So I was like, all right, cool. Was pleasure so ever a part of the, the birds and the bees talk? I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But we knew. The way they positioned it is like, no, every time we're fucking, we're not having kids. Obviously, duh, we didn't just did that thing twice and that's it. Right. You know what I mean, because it was, I don't I don't think it was super specific about that shit. But me and my sister, you know, we understood it because mm-hmm. we're super smart. <laughs> but, you know, we, we understood it. So I don't know. I don't remember if it's specific. And mind you, when I was five, it was the 80s. So, I think I think y'all motherfuckers had a clitoris for five years. Before that, it didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the books, in anything, in the sex talks, y'all motherfuckers been having a clitoris for the f- maybe ten years. None. We ha- we've been having dicks, but that's different. Uh, right? it, yeah, exactly. It's it's all about but, penis, and then and oh well, I, I'm supposed to come. I don't know about you, but. That's how the that's how the story goes, right? So right. we know there was pleasure. You mm-hmm. know, we, we knew there was pleasure. I mean, the the songs that we were listening to, they were talking about pleasure. So we knew mm-hmm. there must have been something about pleasure. So right. not just to make babies. I never said the phrase, ooh, they're making baby. Nah, B. Right. Hey, fuck it. Back to the sex talk that you had with your parents uh, yeah. and your sister. Do you feel like your dad was open to it with your sister or was it like super cringy? It was not cringy, but I know that he felt some type of way because at the end of the day, it's his daughter. Mm-hmm. All right? But it made me and my sister super fucking open about it. Right. Like my sister talks to me about her sex experiences. And I'm not like, mm-hmm, go on. So what do you do? Girl, the shaft? No. <laughs> like, yeah, that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's just me and my sister. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, 
That's me and my sister. He did what the who? <laughs> did bent over? Really? Oh, How, oh, girl? How did you put your hair? He did, he did, ain't he? Oh, yeah. That's me and my sister. How we all were super open about it, mm. right? But with my dad, I mean, I think he, he knew. Okay. Well, it's really cool that it allowed for you and your sister to grow closer together and to be able to have these conversations. I just find that truly amazing. Do you have sex talk with your male friends? Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of women would be super curious to like be a fly on the wall and know what is being said. For instance, I'll take my myself and my circle, for example. We are really curious, inquisitive. We ask a lot of follow-up questions. And I'd be really curious for men because from... And this is a generalization, but mostly online, what I see whenever I see men talk about sex, it's like, ah, beat the pussy up. Blah, 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 blah. No. See, I have a group of friends. We, we, we have a group of friends where we meet often. Mm-hmm. It's just a group where we could talk and we could be open about different things. First and foremost, when we talk, like, we don't kiss and tell. We don't care who, so don't name names. Unless it's some shit that is abusive and fucked up, then we talk about it. But other than that, if it was good and shit or whatever, or sometimes if, even if it was weird, we don't name names. We don't kiss and tell. My question would more be aimed towards, like, what do y'all say? Is it just like, oh, it was cool and that's that? Or is no, it in no, details? No, no. It depends if we ask questions. You know what mm. I mean? If we have different questions and stuff like that, people are going to just voice up. Yo, I was thinking about something. The other that was with the girl and this and that happened, whatever, whatnot. But what do you guys think? Okay. Mm, and then we just expand on that. Okay. And what we think of theories and stuff like that and how to could handle that, what you did that was good and stuff like that, what to do in the future if that happens to us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dealing with different kind of people and stuff like that. It's not a place where we just talk about, hey, hey, happy, happy, yeah, I was fucking good. Yeah, I just did the fuck. Right. Everybody could do that. That's not a, yeah, cool. We're past that. Mm-hmm. We're a bit past that. It's really just if people have inquiries about different things and stuff like that i have a podcast i have a podcast on sexuality in, they fell in up. They fell up. there you yes. go so i could bring some things that i've learned there are some expertise and stuff like that some mm-hmm. things are worth thinking and stuff like that you see another side another flip side to the metal but that's pretty much it but we're not we have a few rules but we yeah we do talk about different things if we have questions but the point of this is not to mm-hmm. brag mm-hmm. on another note you met your partner your longtime partner in high school if i'm not mistaken yeah do you feel like you had a lot of unlearning and relearning to do around sex like theoretical versus applied no because a lot of people around me fucked up before i went in a relationship i was not rushing into anything when you know you go into into sex and you know like at that young age like, okay this is not a porno I got to listen to her. It's also for her pleasure. And also, if you go in the game knowing that you're trash, then it's different. There's a little cockiness that's not there. The ego is not a part of the equation. The ego is not a part of the equation. Don't do that. Okay, what do you want me to do then? Tell me. Mm, Right. You know what I mean? So there was that learning that was happening. There was no ego on that part. There's no ego. There's still no ego. I'm not good. I don't know. Tell me what's going on. True. Mm -hmm. I don't know how your body works. I don't know how your body works. I know how mine works. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even know what you like. You don't know. You Mm -hmm. don't know what you like, especially at that young age. You don't know. So you take your time. That's things. You're like, eh. You have an idea of what you think it's supposed to look like. Then, you know, then you learn as you go. So I didn't have that ego because I didn't have like... I couldn't have that much confidence. I was not a I was not a popular kid or whatever, whatnot. I was just like, oh my God, we're fucking. This is amazing. Yeah. 
thank God for just making this moment happen. It can never happen again. I'll be good. I was just, <laughs> I was just happy that it was happening. You know. Yeah. The part that stood out the most for me in this conversation is the way Preach and his sister can talk about sex in a free manner. I just absolutely love it. And this is something that I also have with some of my family members. So I'm just like, hell yeah. Anyhow, the mission doesn't stop here. As the true snoop that I am, as the real curiosity was picking my brain, I asked the men in my entourage what the sex talk was like in their household. All anonymous, of course, but let me just share a bit of what I've received. While 95% of the men I asked the question, did you receive the sex talk? A few responded with anecdotes. Yancy, fill in the blank. My sex ed was, men one, below the Bible belt conservative. Yancy, what did you learn in your sex talk? Men two, I had to figure out a lot by myself. Parts of me think it's weird. It put me in a situation where I could get embarrassed as a teenager because I didn't know the simple things. But I developed the tools along the way, so I'm thankful for the miseducation in some ways. Yancy, did you have the sex talk? Men three, hell no. The first time I spoke on that topic, I was 44 years old. And the one that stood out for me the most is this one. And my mom was like, don't look at stuff on the computer, okay? And like, that was the only thing that we ever talked about. All in all, this sums up what I gathered on the matter in regards to men's sex talk in their house. Yancy Dispatch. The conversation doesn't stop here. Let's hear from my cousin, Mike Marshall, in New York, what the sex talk was like when growing up. All right. Did you have the birds and the bees talk growing up? Yes. It was from our aunt from Florida. And the way she did it, it was me, and she kind of just like dramatically came in the room and just started pulling her dress and turned her gown into a penis. And it was like, <laughs> to, to all of us there, I was the only guy in the room. She's like, yo, you see this pigeon, this penis? <laughs> it goes in the vagina and then you cause trouble. You cause big trouble, then you pregnant. And we were like, hell no, that's not how it happens. So we got into a big discussion and she was like, no, basically telling us don't do it too early. Okay. And that if you do do it too early, these are the problems that will happen. You could get pregnant, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. And she kind of made us scared. Mm. You know what? My mother kind of gave me one too, where she was, hers was more like godly, you know, the classic Haitian way. Mm -hmm. Oh, before you do that, you must find a wife, you know, she kind of explained like, when you do have sex, you will have a baby. So everything that I thought in my mind about sex was that as soon as you have sex, you might have a kid. Okay. So that was basically like the fear factor when my mother brought it to me too. Looking back at the sex talk that you had and all the don'ts, do you feel like the sex talk was effective? The sex talk happens, but it kind of does entice you to want to figure out what's really going on when it gets down in the bedroom because you're like damn they got me all scared about this but you know what i want to try it yeah that's that's what's interesting about the don'ts because it kind of entices you to do it i was one of the first siblings and cousins in the family to have a child so i know at a young young age so i don't think it made me that scared <laughs> right what do you wish you have learned in your sex talk I wish I actually had like a, a older, I never had an older man tell me about the birds and the bees. It was like 
woman. I wish I had a man teach me. I did have an older cousin that showed me a porno, but I was real young. And I think that wasn't good because that gave me a whole different perception. But um, yeah, I wish a male sat down and broke it down to me because there's a lot of things that a female could tell a dude, but uh, another man to man, it's kind of like you kind of get more of a better insight on like what's really going down. You also have a son. Yes. Did you have the sex talk with your son? Oh, yes. And he talks about sex with me all the time. That's the bad thing because he, he tells me everything. But I guess that's what would have happened to me if I had an older male explain to me everything. So I told him the do's and the don'ts and the slowdowns. And the, so he kind of has a way better understanding than I did because of my experiences. Because I believe like as parents, we shouldn't allow our children to go through the mistakes that we make. But sometimes parents just don't understand I swear. Mm -hmm. And they forget that, yo, we humans and we can talk. Mm -hmm. You said that your son talks to you about sex and that's the bad thing. Why? <sighs> He's so comfortable and he tells me everything. And sometimes I'll be like, yo, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, the sex talk with him? How did it go down? It was more like it was kind of it was kind of seeing someone's face shocked because he was shocked when I was just breaking it down. And he was like, really? Like, wow. And his eyes was opening up. And I was like, no, you don't do that, you know? And then he would just come back, dad, so when this, and you do this, and then that, and then that. And I'd be like, you don't, I know you guys are young. You're going to watch pornos, and I'm telling you, that is nothing like what's really going down. So you got to get away from those fixational stories that you see going on in a porno, because it's not going down like that. You're going to have a real human conversation before things go down. So I try to explain that part to him. And that's why he was really like, wow, wow. And he's kind of, you know, learning and opening up to life. Okay. And if we go a little bit more in details, what was said? Um, It was more like learning how to touch, not rushing, being more sensual instead of being a rabbit. You know, because that's what his his thing was, you know, you know, you go, pow, and then you shoot. And I'm like, no, you can do that if you want. But depending on the female, you might turn her off. And he's like, what, really? I'm like, yes. You got to learn how to know the situation. You got to learn the situation, go from the vibes. And then he started, he starts, he started to get it. So like he learned. Mm -hmm. And was pleasure and consent a part of his sex talk? Yes. You know, like, and that was certain things I had to break down to him because like I said, like you got to learn how to mingle. You got to learn how to talk to people, have conversations so that, you know, you can really have that connection with somebody. Because as I said before, you know, sometimes watching these pornos and all these things, it, it kind of gives you a total different um, outlook on the approach of sex. Yeah, it does you know? give you a different, yeah, it does give you a different uh, outlook on the approach of sex just if we think about conversations. There's no conversations. No, there's no conversation. Exactly. And then you see people like having sex without condoms so you think that's the norm and then all in all you just don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Like they talk about their statuses, they talk about their preferences, they usually talk about like their limits and what they like and what they don't like. So a lot of people take porn as like at face value in a sense that Oh, that's what point like that what that's what sex is. Exactly. There's a big thing about that one with the without the kind of thing because it kind of like programs people's mind when they watch it so much. Like they think it's a norm. And like I was just telling, you know, breaking it down to him and he kind of gets it. He knows he has to engage in a proper way. 
Mm-hmm. Would you say that porn was a big part of your sex ed? You know, porn, I believe that's the subject everybody runs away from because especially nowadays with the phones and like the easy access, like porno is like, I think there are more people who watch porn. Like I don't even watch it, to be honest with you, but I know people watch it like crazy. So, you know, I think sex is a big, was a big, especially when you're younger, especially as a man, porn, something that people got to kind of like, is like I say, break down that fixational story and, and be realistic. Hey, porn literacy is a topic that will be covered on the podcast because as you heard, and as you may witness from experience, from your peers or statistics, pornography has unfortunately become sex education for a lot of people but you know fortunately when it's done right anyway stay on the lookout for this one a huge thank you the preach aka king preach the petty on instagram for being on the podcast and a big shout out to my cousin mike marshall whole ass government name for having these conversation i'm always super curious and fascinated by people's experiences and also anecdotes and the aha moment if i can say that well maybe more on the memorable side of things memorable moment of this conversation for me was the skirt shirt thing of my great aunt <laughs> and she just busted in the room y'all were we chilling and this is that that's not the first time she's done that she does she that's her thing she runs up on everybody and she pulls a dress and turns it into a penis <laughs> <laughs> and she tells you you see this you see this this pigeon get you trouble <laughs> The more you know, the more you learn. And it, she absolutely, absolutely said nothing of pertinence, of interest. My brain is in Frankish right now. But anyways, that was just hilarious. This is a side of my family that I didn't know. So having this conversation really opens up doors to know one about people's experiences, but also how you how your family is, which is something that I really liked throughout these episodes with like the episode with my cousin and then having this interview with my other cousin it's fascinating as i mentioned in the beginning of this episode i unfortunately don't remember a lot about the sex talk that i had at home what about you do you remember what your sex talk was like with your caregivers what was said feel free to share it with us on social media on instagram at that's exciting and on twitter at that's exciting underscore speaking of sharing i didn't forget about you haha we have a review from phrase 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 from canada i don't know how to pronounce your name but it's f-r-a-s-s-s-s-s-s-s-s-s-e-e-e-e-e this person says my fave this podcast has quickly become one of my favorites through the interesting funny and incredibly important conversations that are lifted every week Yancy's voice sounds like what a hug feels like, if it makes sense. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Fraze, Fraza, Fraza. However you like your name pronounced, but thank you so much. And also, mm, that is very flattering. My voice feels like a hug. My voice is warm. Is it warm enough to hypnotize you into writing a review and rating the podcast five stars? Let's try. You're going to rate the podcast five stars. You're going to rate the podcast five stars. You're going to rate the podcast five stars. <laughs> see, it worked. I see you right now. You're on your phone, your computer, and then you're directing yourself to Apple Podcasts to leave a review. It worked. 
this is the power of my voice that feels like a hug. Like, I mean, <laughs> anyways, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. By the way, next week is going to be a check-in episode. And if you don't know what that is, while listening to this podcast, you'll come across check-in episodes. So basically, these are moments for us to reflect on sexuality, intimacy, and or relationships. So you can think of it as like your guided meditation where we reflect on questions that I ask and learn more about ourselves. Check-ins are personally really important to me and that's why I wanted to bring that to the podcast. As we are bombarded left and right with a lot of information on the daily, I wanted to offer a moment for us to reflect and ask questions and potentially get to know ourselves better in regards to intimacy, relationships, and sexuality. And that's why these check-ins are so important to me because it's a time to sit down, reflect, and potentially learn about yourself. That is just amazing. Speaking of amazing, I wish you an amazing week and see you next week with a check-in episode. On this note, stay curious. That's that's exciting. That's exciting, yeah, yeah. Before we leave, on production team, recording, editing, and sound design by yours truly, myself, Yancy. Special thanks to Jane P for her assistance on production. The official That's Exciting Anthem by Calder Nash. The amazing vocals on the track by Mel Pacifico. That's all for today's episode. And until next week, stay curious, because that's exciting. Baby, come